up? What's up? What's up? I'm Joshua Dobbs here with the Players Lounge, and tonight we have an all-star cast. I'm back with again my co-host Thomas Edwards. Hello. What's up, TP? Hello. How we doing? Hey, big, big week for you. We'll big get into week. That. We'll get big week. We'll get into that really soon. I'm also here with a guest tonight. He will hear. We'll be here hopefully throughout the rest of the season. But Super Bowl uh, champion woo! Trey. Smith, you guys know the name. What's up, my man? Good, really you? good. Thanks for having me, bro. No problem, hey, we need to man. do that uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin glass breaking. <laughs> just, just in case somebody just needs good. to get punched in the face. Is that what I'm saying, Bob? Just in case, I can see Trey being um, being um, in the WWE. Absolutely, I, I post post football. All right, let's dive. Let's dive into the the news of the day. As we know, Tennessee was at SEC Media Days today, and boy, was there a lot that came out of Nashville today. First of all, first and foremost, NIL money is good at Tennessee. Do you guys see the outfits? Oh, that they're my wearing? gosh, dude. We missed out. It's like the chain. It's a chain, like, with your kind of, like, what, you, what you're known for. You know, like, Joe's got that seven chain. O's got the O. You know, but Jacob Warren, he, he didn't have a chain. <laughs> we got to get him a chain. We got to get him right now. So I went to SEC Media Days. We didn't have NIL money. So I, I was at Macy's. <laughs> that, was, that was straight off the rack for my SEC Media Days. Now they got custom tailors that come in. So it's a little different now. So I'm trying to see where they get their, their suits done. Yeah, Trey, you went to SEC Media Day too. No, you? dude, we didn't. COVID shut it down, bro. Oh, didn't even have a chance. Yeah. Didn't even have a chance. But oh, man. Definitely wanted to. But, That's man. Especially on that PJ. Dude, they, I, I'm glad that yeah the PJ that looks fun. PJ's nice. Yeah, I will say that the PJ like really the nice. the old Knoxville to Nashville flyover in the PJ. It's like 15 minutes, you know, and you're just you're good to go. It's like 30, yeah. a little longer than 15. Uh, who's counting? <laughs> so Dobbs, when you went to Media Days, was like the, that was that was that your first experience in a private jet? Yeah. So when I went, I think right now that now they have a Citation jet. When I went, they flew a King Air, so a, a dual prop plane, but it's like an eight seater. So basically, you show up at the hangar, the McGee Tyson Airport. Um, you get like, you, they literally drive you straight to the hangar. You walk through the hangar. There's no security, no anything. You walk right on the tarmac, and you get right on the plane. They got snacks. They got drinks. They got <laughs> what, whatever you want to go to SEC Media Days. Obviously, it's the university plane, so you just you know indulge in the uh, peanut butter crackers. You keep it pretty pretty bland and simple. But yeah, the best part is like there's no there's no security. So you show up, shoot, the plane takes off at 10. You get there at 9.57. Yeah, just get Close right the door, straight straight take off. Trey, Trey you ever been Trey. on a jet? A private yeah, jet? man. Yeah, past, past couple uh, years, been on a lot more than recently. But uh, I remember <laughs> my only Tennessee jet experience on the university plane. Uh, I think it was going to my senior decision, senior decision uh, whether I was coming back or not. Ended up flying with uh, Coach Fulmer, Pruitt, flew down to Jackson, Tennessee, to McKellar Sipes. But uh, – it was an experience, man, just hopping on the plane. Um, obviously, I didn't really fit well, and I was like, I don't know how this about to go, man. I'm used to flying, like, regular commercial flights, but we got up there. It was a smooth flight, but, man, when you hit turbulence in a small plane, there is nothing worse, bro. I was about ready to cry, man. I was praying. I'm like, let's get back down on the ground, dude. I'm tired of it. That, that was me that, when Dobbs was driving that, that uh that single engine that uh Sears plane. <laughs> I was in the back of that and the night before I I had a couple drinks and I just like woke up and 
I think I ate like one egg bite from Starbucks and <laughs> thought that was going to be okay to let Dobbs fly me around. I honestly, like my hands were going numb, dude. I was up there like shaking. I was like, we got to land this plane. Yeah. And we landed at a random airport in Atlanta just to like get out. And I was just like, it was, that was a weird day. So it's a weird experience. <laughs> it's a weird experience hopping on a private flight. Yeah, it is for sure. Hey, so wait, there was something that came out today that that really they got my it was Heupel's quote about Tennessee and Texas Ooh. and the relationship, you know, with Texas coming to the SEC. We're gonna hear this so much over the next year yeah. and next two years, you know, as or especially until we get the chance to play Texas. You know, his Heupel's quote was, "There's only one real UT, and there's only one right shade of orange." And you know, obviously, <laughs> yeah. he's talking about Tennessee. So what do you guys have, what do you guys have to think about that? What do you have to say about that, man? Man, I love it, man. I mean, I, I hate it when you know you're just walking around and the average college football fan goes UT, and obviously we're like, yeah, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh no, I mean Ugh. Texas. They're like, no, that's Texas. We are UT, mm-hmm. and there should be no confusion. I mean, we were a state before them. We helped them back in the War of 1902. <laughs> <laughs> But that's somewhere about it. <laughs> All I'm You're right. I though. think Trey has some facts right. on that one. I mean, like, I'm just saying, we're the we're the real UT. Yeah. I mean, I, I Trey. I mean, but also, like, it's not even like they're saving breath by not saying Texas. Yeah. It's two syllables: Texas, UT. Like, we can't say Tennessee all the time. Like, that's it's just nonsensical. That's why you have abbreviations, Absolutely. you know. No, Trey. What do you think, man? I know, I know you got, I know you got some some personal beef with this, yeah, man. So, what do you think about the Tennessee yeah. Texas so, dilemma? So, first off, as a Tennessean, born and raised, and as a Tennessean potentially moving to Texas, I'm a little conflicted. But I got, I got to hit you guys with the facts, man. First off, Texas, you would not be a thing without Tennessee, and don't <laughs> don't forget it. Let don't forget it. So, I remember growing up, uh, I heard a story from my dad. He used to always talk about UT, right? So. Obviously, growing up in Tennessee, when you hear UT, you always sing University of Tennessee, not Texas. As I've gotten older, you hear Texas being referenced more. But I remember the story my dad told me about being um, Tennessee and Texas almost had to go um, settle a lawsuit together because obviously Texas had gone by UT, Tennessee has gone by UT. So in 1986, they actually had a court dispute about it. I'm just reading off my mind right now. I'm pulling up. <laughs> oh, this is These great. are yeah, the it's... facts. These are the facts. So paint the picture. So for pretty it. much under the agreement between the two schools, Tennessee gets the use of the trademark east of the Mississippi River in Louisiana's West Baton Rouge Parish. So obviously east of the Mississippi, it's UT. Baton Rouge, because of LSU being an SEC, it's UT. West, they get it. So really it's a split decision, but if you want some more cold hard facts, Sam Houston, Texas hero. Your hero. <laughs> Born, raised, went to school in Tennessee. <laughs> Where would you guys be without hey. us? We're the volunteers for a reason. Hey, yeah, oh my hey, god. He, hey, talking about the volunteers, the reason Tennessee is called the Volunteers is because Tennessee sent the most amount of troops that volunteered to help <laughs> Texas fight in the Alamo. I mean, it's very simple. That's why we are literally called the Volunteers. So, as Trey is saying. Texas wouldn't even be a part of the United States if it wasn't for Tennessee, the right. real UT. These are just the facts. Not- so as te- as Texas walks Whoa. into the SEC, <laughs> we will now be referred to welcome to SEC as UT, the real yeah, Southeastern right. Conference. Even- You're bound to East now. Yep. UT. It's not even the real UT. It's just UT and Texas. Yeah, yeah I, I agree, hundred percent. 
Hundred percent. Shout out Coach Heupel, man, for putting the stake in the ground. Yeah, I like that. I like it too. You know, I love it. What's right? The crazy thing is, Texas was not even founded as a state until fifty years after the University of Tennessee was founded. So like, Tennessee was already a state. Then they made UT Tennessee, and then fifty years later, Texas a state was made. I mean, th- no brainer. No brainer. It's just the facts, just the facts, man. man. Another story from SEC Media Days: Lane Kiffin, a guy that all Tennessee fans are a fan of. Uh, made made a little uh, made a had a little ruffles talking about the state of college football, the transfer portal. What do you guys think about that? I don't. Know. I think my opinion. So he was getting upset about the transfer portal and how it's evolved to be like you're a free agent 365 days of the year in college football. Yeah, you know, you're you're you know he talks about players being in contact with other coaches during the off season while they're playing at another school. And he says, uh, and, and honestly, I kind of, you know, that's kind of a rift. It can create a rift in a team where you, if you know a guy is like shopping around and he's not really bought in and you're relying on him. But I don't know. I think you, I just think it's one of those things where like, I just don't want to hear anybody. I don't want to hear a head coach complain about it. You yeah. know, like, just like, just figure it out, dude. Like <laughs> your, your, your job is to coach the team. Like the, the rules are going to change, you know, and it's, we're in a shifting world right now. You don't have to complain about it, but it's, it's pretty funny though to, to Anytime Lane Kiffin's in the on the on the screen doing anything, it's gonna be it's gonna be funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I listened to his point, and I I I I agree with you. You know, if a kid is talking to another team or another coach while he's actively participating in workouts and practices for one team, I don't think that's right. But now, if a kid graduates, he's put in his time, and this goes against exactly what he said. He's like, if a kid is graduating, he shouldn't be able to leave if he's practicing with us. Well, if a kid graduates. And he knows there's a there's a better opportunity. He's already done his four years. He's walked across the stage. He has his diploma, and there's a better opportunity for him to go spend his last year of school to get a chance to get to play and hopefully um, take himself to the next level. Then he's doing himself a, a disjustice if he doesn't go do that. I mean, that's the whole point of the transfer portal because the coaches have the power to jump around as we always see in college football. It's not the Kevin players. Did it. <laughs> Kevin literally did it. He literally left Tennessee for it, right? So it's like. The players ha- need to have some control of their futures. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think in a lot of situations, though, you do have kids trying to go to uh, different situations, trying to better their situation in terms of playing time, and it just doesn't work out. You know, and a lot of kids sort of sit themselves in a trap where it's like, oh, I go to this school, I'm about to get all this playing time, I'll be the star player, and then they just ride the bench or they don't really achieve what they're trying to achieve. And at the end of the day, some kids just – aren't good <laughs> you know i mean that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's just that's, part that's of a it, hard man. pill to yeah. swallow and you're right though that if the uh the grass is not always green on the other side it's yeah. green where you water it yeah. and that's like a perfect example of that like like just stick around I mean, man. shoot you never know it's gonna work out like look at like joe you know obviously when hendon came in and played well um after he was named the starter now he's the starting court games opportunity jacob warren's yep. been in tennessee hard several working. years a guy that stuck hard it working. out is making a name for himself you know, a lot of guys are able to do that, sit in their situations and make the most out of them. You know, I think it's just each situation is, is independent. It's so hard to paint it all with a broad brush. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think one of the best cases, you look at a Joe Burrow, a guy like that, though. I mean, yeah. he goes from the situation Ohio State, he's behind a lot of talent, goes to LSU, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL today. So it's like, there are mm, so many yeah. ways you can look at it. But I think at the end of the day, the players have to do what's best for them. It also is just like to wrap that up is like, Six, seven years ago when we were playing in college, or like Dobbs, when we, I guess, Trey, you're a little bit after that too. Like it was frowned upon to transfer. Like it was, I remember when uh, 
when uh, Jalen heard that when he left the team, like it was the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. Like it, it was such a fiasco, but now yeah. that's like in that I short agree. amount of time, the landscape has <laughs> completely changed. Like it's people are it's bopping normal. around one or two times. Like it's normal to have added, you know, two people coming into camp that just like we were talking about with Tennessee the other day, the BYU guys that are transferred there, you know, two of those guys that are coming in. It's like, that's a norm. You're, you're, it's like a whole nother category of, you know, newcomers you know they've already played a lot of college sports but how can they fit in at tennessee but yeah no doubt no doubt well i'll be excited to be able to catch up with omari joe jacob hopefully get them on the show to hear their experience of sec media days the biggest thing that's coming up and me and trey's live is about to be august and with it about being august as we know it's time to go camping so i want to i want to talk about and trey you can start it what's what do you think is the biggest differences? What would you say the biggest differences are between a college mm-hmm. camp and an NFL camp? Yeah, man. Um, man, the NFL is a grind, especially during camp. Dobbs, you know it well. Uh, I mean, from sunup to sundown, you are working. And you're trying to perfect your craft. You're trying to do everything in your powers to remain healthy and perform on a daily basis. And I think the biggest differences in NFL, you don't perform, you're out the door. You know, in college, it's like, ah, he'll be it next time. We got him next year, you know. You, Co- yeah, college. Yeah. It's like I hey, just go get your free pizza at the end of practice and go, <laughs> yeah. go, go to sleep. You know, no. Nah. Yeah, in the league, right. it's like you better go to sleep or you're not going to perform. You better do the mm-hmm. right things or you're not going to be here long. So I think those are the biggest distinctions, man. Not necessarily even the workload. No matter what camp you're going, I'd even throw high school in there. It's gonna suck. It's gonna be hot. You're gonna be doing yeah. things you don't want to do repetitively day after day after day. Yeah, but you got to do it. You know, but I think the biggest thing is in the NFL, they're not going to hold your hand. You got to go out there and do it yourself. Yeah, I, I think no, I those, totally uh, those uh, the the cut days. That's so <laughs> ominous. It's like crazy. you know, it's like you're practicing, and that those guys that are on that are hanging on. You know, yeah. that's what I was going to say. That is so. That's a mental warfare thing. Yeah. Like you're trying to go do your best when you know, like you can just feel. I don't. I don't know this. I'm just assuming it. Like when you're when you're that bottom rung guy, like you know, you're first man out, first man in, yeah. whatever kind of thing. You know, you can feel that leading up to that day. You're like every single mm-hmm. second that you're on the field is is important. Every you know, single play, every scrapping. without every a doubt. That's always what I say. The biggest difference between the NFL camp and college camp is just those cut days. Mm-hmm. Like Trey them. you know, you come into a college camp, you have your 120 players, and those 120 players are going to be the guys that are going out on Saturdays suiting up. In the NFL camp, you start out with 90. And by the end of camp, you leave a 53. That's great. It's just and half the That people, is the craziest yeah, part yeah. of it. Like half the people in there, you're like, dang, like they got to either go find another situation or figure out something or hope for another opportunity to arise. And it's, so it's like the ultimate competitor thing. And this is the crazy part about an NFL camp is, you know, one day you're sitting there and a player goes down here and it's a guy you know, you've been working out with him shoot, since April, created a good rapport with him. Next day, boom, someone's literally in there in his same exact jersey. Yeah, that's and now crazy. that guy's three weeks in the camp. Now he's buying for a spot as well because he's getting his opportunity to not get cut. He's trying to make the team as well. So, man, they're always they're always fishing for more talent to improve the team. Shoot, like every day you walk in, they got they got workouts of guys coming in. And just in case someone goes down to be able to bring someone, someone, someone in to go out and, and work out and practice. So, and it's it's a competitive spot it's, up here. In the and NFL. There's a reason why like Hard Knocks is a successful show because it is it is like a suspenseful plot yeah. every camp. Like every team has got 
you know, guys they're circling, they they need them to do good, but they're gonna like, if they if they can't do it, and you know, like the the hard knock narrator guy is so good at saying like this. He didn't realize this was the last day he'd be walking into the. You know, like it's it's so, it's so perfect. It's so, oh man, like that clip of that guy in the Jets swiping swiping the key thing and it not working. Like that sucks, dude. Like that's that is that's that's a dagger in the back. It's the hardest part. The hardest part, man. The funny thing is, like like Tennessee camps seem more like glamorous and posh than some of these NFL camps. I mean, like they ship you guys off to the middle of nowhere sometimes. <laughs> so so yeah. So in college. Campus is kind of love, man. So, because you have access to your facility every single day. So you're in and out, man. You got your cold tubs. You got your locker. You got your showers. You got all your stuff. You usually either get to go sleep at home at your dorm or you get to go sleep in the team hotel that you stay at on Saturdays before games. So it's usually a pretty nice hotel. So you, you got good living conditions and you have access to the entire facility. So it's, it's pretty love. Obviously, you're spending 12 hours plus, maybe 15 hours plus in that facility, but that nutrition bar never closes. So life is pretty good, man. You can always get some food. Now, when you go to the NFL, like, I know everywhere is different, but a couple of different spots. Like when I was in Pittsburgh, we would go to St. Vincent, which is a small school in Latrobe, and it's a small town. So you're staying in a college dorm that isn't your dorm. You have to rent a bed if you don't want to sleep on the full-size mattress. Obviously, you guys are in the league. We all got king mattresses. We're all large humans. If you don't rent a mattress, you want to be cheap. And I decided to be cheap a couple of times. You're on like a little twin mattress. And you got to get the mattress topper from Walmart the first day of camp. <laughs> and then if you don't decide to do that, then you have to rent like a bigger bed. And that then cuts into the, the, the amount of space that you have in your dorm room. So now you don't have to, anywhere to like lay down on the ground if you want to stretch or utilize just like the space in your room. So, I mean, it, it was difficult. When I was in Jacksonville, uh, we got to stay at home as a vet. And now in, in Cleveland, it's pretty love. Like if you're over two years, you get to stay at home. So you get to sleep in your own bed. That's nice. You get to use the facility. This year, though, we're going down to West Virginia. Um, so we get to stay in a, it's like a five-star resort. We're going down there for a week. So you get a cool hotel room. Wow. Uh, so it's my first time going down there. So it'd be cool to check it out. Trey, how do you guys do it out in Kansas City? <laughs> Yeah, man, uh, we go about 40 minutes north of Kansas City, a place called St. Joe's at Missouri Western. <laughs> a little small college there, a little, little golden nugget out there in the fields. But, uh, nah, man, it uh, it's rough. Um, you're, like you said, man, you're staying in a dorm room. Uh, like, I literally just called the Renaissance Center uh, probably like 40 minutes before we hopped on here. <laughs> just paying for my bed and my, my TV that I'm renting. Uh, but, yeah, we, we have a good setup there with the Chiefs, man. Um, it's, it's a lot of... It sucks being down there because you come from your your home situation. Like you said, your plush king-size bed, your beautiful air conditioning, you know, your flat-screen TVs, and you're stuck in a cinder block-like dorm room. You're like, damn, here we go. But ultimately, though, like in that environment, it's actually good because by about week two to three, you get so acclimated to being there that the sense of, like, brotherhood and teamwork starts building up, Mm -hmm. and you get acclimated to the schedule where it's really not as bad. But I know whenever I first went to St. Joe's my first year, it was culture shock. I, I didn't expect that. I didn't know really what to expect. Yeah. But I walked in that dorm room. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm stuck here for a month. <laughs> but no, you make the most Counting out of it, man. The days. Camp in Tennessee, man, I, that, that's probably one of the, where the most of my UT football memories are. I mean, our freshman camp. Like, I just wrote that song, and it's about, like, calling home to my mom, like, saying, like, yo, this is not for me. Like, it was <laughs> – 
that literally was me sitting in a golf cart outside of Gibbs. Like I was like, mom, all my friends are on the lake right now. Like <laughs> I'm checking my phone and everyone's having fun except for me. Uh, but I remember uh, in Gibbs, like Gibbs is a hilarious place too. Like the athletic dorm is, before they tore, tore it down. It's just hilarious. Just the, the amount of athletes in one space, like it's like motel style. Like everybody's always hanging out on the, on the rails, you know? Um, one time, Big Dan, uh, Big Dan McCullers, who's huge, he's like 6'9", 365. He, um, and I think this happened to Brett too. The power outlet, he had a power outlet right by his bed and, uh, the, the plug was like hanging out of it and a sheet touched it and the whole thing caught on fire <laughs> in the middle of camp. And, and like, it was, he was, and it's Big Dan, he's huge and he was so quiet and he just sprints out of the room and like people, like I was out there in the like the little breezeway and like he comes out like so worried like everything's like everybody was like what's going on dude he's like it's it's on fire in there <laughs> oh hey, they had to one, that one more down. sound bit though trey you you mentioned you know after you're in camp for a while you kind of get used to it and you and you like it that's uh that's called stockholm <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. what about uh so what about you guys what's a what's one of your favorite tennessee camp memories Thomas, I'm going to tell you right now the reason I love you, right? So freshman year, I want to say, we were coming back. We had just come back to the complex, and we just finished maybe uh, a day. Our, our first our first section of like a two-a-day, right? And I'm sitting there like, oh, I'm beat, man. Coach Wells had beat us down. You know, I'm tired. I don't want to go out there again. And you were just sitting there playing your ukulele, just like singing. <laughs> and it just gave me so much energy, bro. So like, ever since that moment, that was a, that was a great camp moment. But uh, – I think one of the more memorable ones was staying in Crown Plaza uh, that one year. And I don't know what the circumstance was. I think we had an off day the very next day. So we had a little bit of time. Like you said, all of the athletes were just sitting there in close proximity. Bad things are bound to happen. So they went to this uh, one quarterback's room. And <laughs> the whole defensive line, like, raided his room. So, like, he's texting the line like, help, I'm under siege. Like, I'm under attack. Like, I need backup. We're taking yeah, on water. Taking We're taking on water, water. Yeah, bro. So he's like panicking, like calls, like help. They ripped all the sheets, covers, mattress padding, bed, pillows, and just start tossing out the freaking door. They, you know, they take him, like slam him out the hallway, just like throw him on the pillows. And they take his covers, just like throw it down the steps. So like that whole night, we didn't sleep that night. We had an off day the very next day. But I think it was just fun, man. It was like, I was honestly a glorified sleepover that day. Yeah, it's it, it yeah. is it, it, at that like you said about the ukulele thing. It's just like it's all about coming to realization like it's not gonna get any better. No. You know, it's <laughs> like it's like we're, yep. we like it's we're Embracing doing this. The suck, the suck, yeah, that's man. right. Embrace is. the suck, and it's just like when you find those cracks of time where you can sit in the locker room and play the ukulele or whatever the locker room. Those 10, 20 minutes in between things like that's the things that you remember. Yep. You know, not the fact that you were hitting a sled when it was 100 degrees outside with a 50-pound helmet on your head. You know, like, it's, it's pretty funny. The camaraderie, man. That's, that's like, the best part. Like, every year, you get to just get away kind of from the hustle bustle of life. Like, obviously, focus on football, which is what you're preparing for. But I think just, like, coming together, getting a chance to interact with different teammates. And that's the coolest part about uh, NFL camp. And I guess it's similar to college. But not as much just because in the NFL, man, like these guys have so much going on off the mm -hmm. field from like their families to whatever their outside interests are. And camp is an opportunity where you get everyone in one place. You take them away from whatever other interests and hobbies and distractions they got. 
you focus on football and just being around each yeah. other. And then obviously, like, the end sucks when you lose, shoot, 47 of the 90 people. But during that time, those those that month, the 25 days that you're there, just being able to learn about different people, man, form bonds that last a lifetime, that's the coolest part. And what I enjoy most about football camp and what I look forward to every August going to camp. Even though the conditioning tests and, and all and the heat and then all the all the other yeah. stuff adds up at the end. So pretty much I was on the phone with my friends earlier just talking about, hey man, once tomorrow hits, like my life is over. Going back to what Dobbs said, like it's time to mentally lock in. At this point, uh being with the Chiefs for going on two years now, obviously I'm still a young player. Uh, but we play very late into the season. So in my mind, it's almost like seven months. I'm locked into the sport I love. I'm locked into getting better at my craft. So at the end of the day, this is my job. So once tomorrow tomorrow starts, I move myself in that dorm, I'm going to work. And that's it. End of question. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I'm like about that. to run through a wall. Yeah, intensity. Yeah, let's freaking go. We can't, we can't wait to see you preseason week three. <laughs> Come, on. Come on. You're going to have to see. Even though you two have they no chance you. where you're going to see each other on the field, <laughs> you're going to see me see each other in January. <laughs> I'll see you in January, too, after that. You go see me after the game on the field. And I'm gonna be nice to you. I want your chest. Go see a picture, and I'm gonna see a picture like this, yeah, like this, and then and then a picture with the jersey. Exchange. All right, so we've been talking about camp. We've been talking about SEC media days, but Thomas, now it's time to talk about you, man. What a week! Just just tell us about everything that's led up to this week, and shoot, what happened this week? Yeah, man. So I dropped a song and uh, called "Running Through That Tea." Some people probably heard it on that's list, that are listening to this, but it's gone. Uh, it's gone Me nuclear, too. as we say. Uh, maybe not nuclear. I think it's probably like uh, what's like what's like an echelon down from like nuclear, like not as deadly, but still like it's gonna get the job done. Like I think it's it's on the way there. You know, we're six <laughs> weeks out from football season. The song's about me growing up in Tennessee, then playing there and. Uh, but it's 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 been really well received, dude. In two days, it's got uh, thirty thousand something streams across all platforms, and it's just me doing the promotion and, and marketing. There's nobody behind it, and and a lot of the times, like when you see artists release music, they got these elaborate, like whiteboarded out plans. The team of ten people doing marketing. For me, I just stuck to what I knew and wrote a song about you know my actual life, and I knew that it would resonate with so many people because growing up in Tennessee everyone wants to go play football at Tennessee at some point, you know? So the, I love the song, man. I wrote it, recorded it, let it out. And we, we wrote it two months ago. So it hasn't even been that long from when it was created. Um, but dude, it's a lot of things that come from it. And uh, September 1st at Acme, we're doing an EP release party in uh, Nashville at Acme on Broadway, right before the first game. So everyone's going to be in late. town. You going to be there, Dobbs? I'll be there. What about you? Trey, you'll be there? I won't be able to be there. Yeah, you'll be you'll be in the Literate you'll be in that bane Labor Day you'll weekend. be in that uh, pit from Batman. <laughs> Whenever you, <laughs> you're just working the climb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, well, camp ends the week before that, but we won't say anything. Anyways, I will. It's Labor Day weekend, and we're off that weekend, so I will if be. If I'm there off, I will be there. A thousand percent. Percent. Yeah, that's right. Let's see. There we go. Little right, guilt trip. Never hurt guilt anyone. Trip. That's right. Twist my arm. No, for sure, Thomas, man, we've all been waiting for you to put some music out, bro. Like, whenever I heard it for the first time, I'm like, bro, this rides, man. So, yeah, I've been saying my boys, man, they love it. It's awesome. Awesome. It, it's great, you know, as a musician, you, like, it, you're cursed to be a friend of a, a musician because for a long time, I've probably sent a lot of you guys st- stuff that really wasn't good. And you just, you probably in your head, you were like, 
yeah, this is great, man. You know, hey, but like you knew. Pull up smoke. But uh, yeah, that's right. Like, Don't let me rise. get started on my my rap career, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a uh, hey, that's coming though. Yeah. That's coming. We're stacking chips. Soon, right? soon, soon. We have to we have to get up here before we start doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. We're gonna wrap. Appreciate y'all tuning into the Players Lounge. We had Thomas Edwards, Grammy. No, excuse me. We had Thomas Edwards, country charting artist. Hey, there we go. Last week. You call me whatever. We you had want. Super Bowl champion Trey Smith, and we had myself, Josh Dodge. Appreciate y'all tuning into the Players Lounge, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.